everybody. I'm Jess. And I'm Josh. And we are here to bring you our top 10 favorite anime. I'm super excited to talk about this with you. I am too. I mean, our favorite type of media to consume, our favorite type of shows to watch is anime. We have seen a lot, a lot of anime. You've recommended stuff to me and vice versa. So I've, I guess, become more cultured (laughs) instead of the basics. Yeah, instead of just those normal... 500,000 episodes of Bleach or uh, One Piece or like these really long running animes. We've, we've got some nice ones to share with you. Not not your typical ones, but ones that really left an impact on us. Ones we really enjoyed. And it was hard to put these lists together. And it's stuff that people have heard of and know. And then they've come across it and said like, yeah, that was okay. Or yeah, I started it, but I quit out, but which is too bad. There are a couple of handfuls in here that are, that are decent. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think we found some really nice gems. I mean, when we sat down to make our separate lists, like we came up with dozens and dozens of animes we really love. Um, And so it was hard to kind of whittle it down to just 10 animes each. Like that was hard. Yeah. I think I had like 30 in the beginning (laughs) and I had to cut like 20, 12, 20, 22 pieces out of my, out of my list. And it was hard. So you had to make sacrifices of like what you genuinely like. So Yeah, uh, it was hard to whittle it down. So this is by no means an exhaustive list. This is just our personal top 10. So why don't you start us off with your number 10? Well, my number 10 would probably be, uh, it goes by two names, but it's called Beck or Mongolian Chop Squad. And it's essentially just the story of a high school kid who more or less falls in love with the heart of rock, rock and roll. And uh, it's just about someone who discovers music, learns an instrument, learns basically that, you know, music is more important than fame and glory. But they do want to, you know, they want to get their foot in the door. But it also is just a story of self-growth and about a and it actually takes a huge, uh, I guess, leap up where he actually deals with bullying, like very, very hardcore bullying in high school. But he learns to stand on his own two feet and finds a new passion. And it's a, I can't remember what year it came out, but it, it's an early 2000s anime. It was kind of a hidden gem. Some people know it, some people don't. But it's uh, got that wonderful opening, if you haven't heard it, called... Uh, I was made to hit in America. Such a good song. Such a good opening. And it puts the right mood of what the show is just about. I I really like Beck. I'm really glad you showed me that. And I think that is one of the first anime that opens up a conversation about what is good in English and what is good in Japanese. Yeah, the... The Japanese, I started it, but it's there's a lot of as they call it ingresh that <laughs> they that they have to do in it. Yeah. Hello, Ebrinian. How are you? Why thank you? Oh my god! And it's not good. Like, no offense to the Japanese voice actors, but like, don't speak American if you can't speak it. Speak fluent. American. Don't even speak American. 
speak English. Speak English, American. <laughs> if you can't speak it fluently. So I will say that this is one of the few animes that if you do decide to watch it, do yourself a favor and just watch it watch in English. It, 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 it makes a huge difference by miles. To be fair, most of our favorite anime we love in Japanese. Mm-hmm. So there are just a few where the voice acting is just a little bit better in English. And I think the thing with Beck is the music, like you said, all of their songs are in English, which is kind of strange to me because it, I think it would be interesting if they had done a lot of the music in Japanese and then had an English version. If you listen to both audios, they do sound different. They do okay. have dual tracks, like one that says if you're just in it for the English or if you're just in it for the Japanese. But as said, if you listen to it in Japanese in America, you're just going to laugh at it because it's not. It's good, but it when they decide to do the very important scenes, I can't keep a straight face when I watch it because it's just, it doesn't sound good. Yeah. So that's fair. Beck is really good. The music is really good. The storytelling is really good. Uh, I liked the animation style. It was unique. The dog in that anime is really cool. He's kind of like this patchwork. Yeah. Patchwork mutt. And uh, that's actually where the name of the show comes from in their Mm -hmm. storyline. The dog's name is Beck, Mm -hmm. but I don't remember. I think they were originally in the show. They just said our name is Beck, but their producer was, you need something that's like, different and out there right. so i'm just going to call you guys mongolian chop squad but you can call yourselves beck but you have to call that too so you gotta if you tell people have you seen beck like they might know it uh, but if you say beck Mongol- mongolian chop squad they'll be like most people who have seen her like oh yeah yeah yeah, oh, yeah. i've seen that so but it's a good pick it's a good like it's not the greatest i've heard it's been done before but it was a, it, it was very impactful and very it's, it important. was unique for its time. For, it was, yeah, impactful and important for its time. And that is not the first music anime we'll be talking about. So my number 10 is Charlotte. So Charlotte is a really interesting anime. It takes place in this alternate reality where this comet called Charlotte passes over Earth every 75 years. And in its wake, it leaves this alien space dust that bestows upon these children, whoever breathes it in, these different powers. And the story follows Yu Otosaka. He's a boy who awakens to the ability to temporarily possess other people for about five seconds. Mm-hmm. Um And because, you know, he's a high school boy, he's like, oh, I'm going to use this power to get by and cheat on tests. And it's like, I'm just going to live the easy life. Mm -hmm. But of course, uh, this girl catches on to him. Her name is now. And she's like, no, you can't be doing this. But you have a really cool power. And I think we can use it for good. So she gets him transferred to Hoshinomi Academy. And he joins the student council. And it really spirals out from there. Basically, Hoshinomi Academy is there to help students deal with their new powers. It's basically more or less like a very Japanese version of the Teen Titans. Oh, I like that. Uh, it is very Japanese Teen Titans-y. So. Except they're not going around saving, saving people. people. They're just helping these different people 
who have powers learn to deal with their powers. And it gets really dark really fast. Uh, this is one of the shorter animes. I think it was only like 10 or thir- 12 or 13 tw- episodes. It was about 12. It's about 12 episodes. So it's short. Every single episode packs a punch. Uh, there is an untimely death that happens mid-anime that really turns things around. Uh, I don't want to spoil things too much, but it, it gets really intense. And I think the storytelling is really good. The animation is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Um, the opening song is very good. Very like good. I actually ended up passing this anime the first time I came across it. Cause mm-hmm. th- at first look at the, at the cover, I was just like, it just looks like another high school anime. And I'm like, I've seen a dime a dozen of them, but Which there are a lot of high school animes on her list, but it took about probably like, probably the end of the first episode and or the end of the second episode that kind of kept me hooked. But I think I had started it, but then I recommended it. Mm-hmm. You actually watched all of it. And I think it's really in good. turn, I watched it and I was like, I don't, I don't know why I passed this up, but I said, it, it's good. I do like it. I like it a lot. The storytelling is very impactful. The character development is great. I mean, our main character goes from being this, guy who just doesn't want to do anything and just wants to get by to being very driven to do something very important. So the character arcs are really good. I I really can't recommend it enough. That's just number 10. And that's just number 10. So what's your number nine? So my number nine uh, is a, forgive me if I botched this, but it's called a Yorma gun. which is the, I think, German word for world serpent. But it's an anime that's about a black market weapon salesman. And it's uh, mostly centered around a small orphan boy in a foreign country that gets taken in by a black market military uh, salespeople. And eventually, just basically see, he knows the horrors of reality of what war terrorism essentially can do. Uh, but it's, it's realistic in a sense that like, I, I appreciated what they were doing with it, but it was just like, I had never seen anything like it. And it, it's got two seasons. Uh, it's first one's just called Yormagund. And then the second one's called Yormagund, uh, perfect order. And, uh, if you're not a fan of like firefights, gunshot wounds, knife wounds, uh, it's very violent. It's it's very violent. Um, but there are scenes where like they put they sprinkle kind of like Marvel. They sprinkle the humor that like mm-hmm. keeps you like interested in the characters. But I'm trying not to spoil too much about it without like going off because it's something you would have to just kind of de- dive in and do yourself. But it's essentially about, you know, little kid who watches the real world and the grownups and decides that, you know, yeah, I'm going to be a part of this, but you know, I'm going to do the best I can. Uh, I don't know why it's, it sat well with me, but it's one of those animes that like, I actually like to watch like once every year or two just to kind of keep up with it. Cause it's, it, even though you know what's happening, it's still just a joy to watch, but that's cause I'm a guy. I like, I like, (laughs) you like violence. I like violence. Damn. That is a man right there. This is one I haven't seen, and I think it was the animation style that kind of turned me off. The animation, to me, I think the animation was actually very beautifully done in certain parts. Mm. Uh, They take, 
the car scenes are not very great, but they take pride in firearms. They mm. animate the firearms like very well. Um, kind of like, uh, it's not going to be on this list, but it's kind of like when they do the animation for the firearms in Black Lagoon, mm. they animate the guns very well. And they do the same thing in this. And it kind of makes this sounds you, similar to Black Lagoon. In a sense, because they're mercenaries for on the black market. And these are black market people who sell weapons to people on the black market. Right. But it's it's a good show. It's very adult. But I said, it's if you're into that kind of stuff, I said, it's a it's a fun ride from beginning to end. But the ending is. I'm not going to say it, but the ending is kind of like. All's well ends well, I guess. I guess. So, so, but it's a. I would have put it uh, maybe in a lower than ten, but in a, in a sense, I don't know why it sits well with me. But I just I like my good dose of firefights and violence. <laughs> so, got to get that toxic masculinity out of you somehow. Yeah. <laughs> I support the Second Amendment. All right, so my number nine is called The Third, The Girl with the Blue Eye. So I have a lot of sci-fi slash fantasy on my list, and that is, is, of course, one of the sci-fi ones. It's set many years after this devastating war that eliminates like 80% of Earth's population. And the human remnants are watched by beings called the third. And these are like alien beings who have this thing called the space eye. It's this red jewel-like eye on the center of their forehead that is similar to a port for data access and other forms of like telepathic communication. So they can interact with computers and talk mind to mind Mm -hmm. through this eye. And they're of course charged with protecting the earth. And one of the ways they do this is through something called the technos taboo. There are certain types of technology that humans shouldn't interact with because that was how that first war happened. So there are major, major consequences uh, for interacting with certain types of technology. The third's best auto enforcer is a mech called Blue Breaker, who goes around and enforces this law. And so the anime follows 17-year-old Honoka, who is basically a jack of all trades, travels across the barren earth and helps people out. She rides around in her sand take bogey. Uh, and she basically protects the townships from these giant bugs. Oh, they're so creepy and gross. Uh, but she's a master swordsman and she wears this red bandana and you, you kind of don't know why at first, but then you kind of learn more about her. She's really, she's such an interesting character because on the one hand, she's very teenager She wants to fall in love, you know, all of those other things. But she also often recites poems by this character called Donna Myfrey, and she's very deep and introspective. Mm-hmm. And she eventually, on her travels, meets this strange blonde-haired man named Ix. And he arrived to the planet Earth for a purpose that we don't learn about till the very end. So, of course, I'm not going to spoil that. The mystery surrounding Ix is very interesting. The mystery surrounding Honoka is very interesting because throughout the whole journey, we learn about her backstory We learn more about who she is, why she wears her red bandana, why she has bogey and like all of these other things. I really like this anime because it's just like very 
mystical for sci-fi anime. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it is, of course, a mech anime. I mean, Blue Breaker is the big law enforcement mech. She can ride in a mech. And so this was during the time when mech animes were a big thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't actually remember this anime all too well. I may or may not have finished it. I think I might have been in my phase where I was like, if the protagonist isn't male, I don't care. <laughs> so it was a uh, one of those I might have passed over, but I do remember watching a good bit of it. And uh, it also is like that early 2000s animation. Yes. Like it's very distinct. Like you can tell the difference from like early 2000s. Well, it, it was actually released in 1999. So right before right the on 2000s. It. Right on it. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's still good to this day. I've broadened my horizons. Like I can watch animes with regardless of gender male or female so you're not a misogynist anymore yeah (laughs) what you're saying is extremely misogynistic yes thank you that was not necessary but i appreciated it and proves my point women can do anything i'm saying that you're being sexist no i'm being misogynistic that is insane i'm not being sexist that's that's the same thing yes but uh, but uh, as I said, it's a it is good, but I'm not going to say too much because I I don't more or less really. Remember. Do you remember the opening? I really like the opening. It's so beautiful. It's like she's looking out at the stars and you kind of see some scenes with her fighting these giant arachnids and things. like. I do that. remember that. I do remember it. it was a good intro to kind of like give you just a taste of what you were about to watch, essentially. Right. But uh, it's just that. I feel like the desert wasteland has been done in like so many it animes. Has. The but, desert wasteland has been done a lot. But in, in its sense, it's its own cup of tea and it's not, not a bad cup at all. I think it's a fun take on the desert wasteland because while we do spend a few episodes in the desert, that's not where we spend all of our episodes. Sometimes we're in space. Sometimes we're in townships. Uh, and it's 24 episodes long. So it's not too short, but it's also not too long. I think every episode is essential. And I, I don't know. I just really enjoyed it. It, it's. I think it's a very beautiful anime. Mm-hmm. All right. So lay us on with your number eight. So number eight, I'm going to hit you with another violent anime. <laughs> of course. Uh, I chose a uh, parasite, the Maxim. You get to know Uh, which is essentially Jess here cannot stand the I opening. I cannot stand the opening song. Because I had it as my ringtone for like a long time, but it's about the story of. Uh, an alien uh, particle that sprinkles onto the earth, kind of Charlotte style, but instead of bestowing powers on people, these particles infect the host and make a parasite like a parasite and force them to do what they want. They basically end up dying in the process Mm. and they, their body keeps moving. And uh, the main character uh, Shinichi, uh, he gets it. The particle lands on his uh, window seal, I believe, and it crawls in through his window and they just have to find contact of the skin. And once they do, they go into whatever 
orifice they can find and they work their way to the brain. Mm. Well, Shinichi wakes up in the middle of it crawling up his arm. So he takes his head he- headphones off his eye, iP- like iPod headphones mm-hmm. and ties them around his bicep and prevents it from going to his brain. Wow. But if they don't take over some part of the body, they die. So he gives up the, uh, alien gives up on the brain and then just possesses his right hand. And then essentially they come to a mutual understanding. Uh, Shinichi's like, well, I can't get rid of you. You basically can control part of me. He goes, I guess I'll give you a name, but you know, I'm not going to let you kill me, but I'll work with you. And he ends up naming it Migi, which is Japanese for right hand. So he wanted to keep it simple, but it's more like, a a big hunting ground for these parasites. So it's like a battle Royale. These parasites are trying to make the, you know, ultimate species by like fighting, growing, and essentially they want to wipe out the human race. But Migi uh, learns through Shinichi that, you know, maybe coexistence is possible, but it's, it's a very violent anime where you, uh, (laughs) You're going to see a lot of blood in this, but can't his fingers like turn into knives or something like that's that? the ability of these uh, parasites. They uh, each of their limbs, they can kind of grow blades out. of. Think of like uh, for those of you who've played Resident Evil four, the parasites that sprout from their mm-hmm. heads and have the whipping blades. Like that's essentially what they can do with their bodies, essentially. Um, but it's one of those animes where like you're rooting for the main character, even though he's given up, you know, part of his humanity, he learns to work with it. And you actually learn to like the alien that works with him. But, uh, this is another anime Jess has refused Mm -hmm. to watch. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not one. I mean, there is one episode where like Jess wouldn't even want it. Where like (laughs) you have to fight. He fights a parasite infected dog. No, not the dog. No. But the dog can talk through the parasite. I don't so, care. I know. As soon as you kill a dog, I'm done. I quit. Well, I'm out, guys. If this is what's cool now, I think I'm done. I no longer have any connection to this world. I'm going to go home and kill myself. Goodbye, friends. I know. But you'll see cool scenes. Like, there's a scene where literally, to show how indestructible, the, or how, I guess not really indestructible, but how strong they are, uh, there's a scene where a girl's about to get hit by a car. Shinichi jumps out in front of the car instinctively just to protect it. Migi, the hand, doesn't want to lose his host, so he sticks his right hand out and literally stops the car going full, like, 60-plus miles an hour, stops it and crushes his hood. Then that just shows you just how powerful these things are compared to our human bodies. But it's a good ride. It's about 24, 25 episodes. Um, A lot of characters die, but... (laughs) Some that you care about more than others, but right. it's it's a good anime that like, as I said, I'm a sucker for the violent mm-hmm. stuff, but it, it's <laughs> it's fun. But uh, it's a I love if you ever get to hear the opening. I said it, it's kind of an earworm, but it's called a uh, Fear and Loathing mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. So I said if you get a chance, check it out. <laughs> I already hear it in my head. It really is an earworm. All right, so my number eight is Ancient Magus Bride. (laughs) 
So this story surrounds the plight of Chise Hattori. Uh, she is an orphan Japanese high school girl who has been ostracized by her family and basically the whole world because she can see magical creatures, demons, and they're all kind of attracted to her for some unknown reason. And because she's so isolated, she starts spiraling in despair and decides to sell herself at an auction in order to basically get a new family of some kind. She doesn't care if she's a slave. She just wants to be with people. And at the auction, she is sold for 5 million pounds to Elias Ainsworth, a seven foot tall humanoid with an animal skull for a head. He is freaky looking, but he's also a super powerful magus or mage. And he knows that Chise is something called a slave beggy which is a type of mage who can draw magic from her surroundings and from those around her into herself, which makes her a very powerful mage, but also makes her very physically weak. Mm-hmm. So she's basically fated to die prematurely. So she's often given the name Robin or little bird mage because she has red hair. She's very physically weak, but she's also very powerful. This anime is just so beautifully animated. Mm-hmm. I do remember uh, this was one of the animes I kind of skimmed over again because I was in that phase. But No girl protagonist. Yeah, but I watched it and there are some beautiful scenes and like it takes a lot for me to get even like misty eyed in certain episodes. There are a couple of episodes in this show that make me misty eyed, but in a good way. Um, but it's this very, it's is... very magical. Like they take a lot of source material. I remember cause I was, mm-hmm. I had just replayed or played a uh, Shin Megami five and they take a lot of lore and a lot of the characters you see in the show were in the game and you kind of can put two and two together, but I like that they kept up with the appropriate lore for the, well, characters. and that lore comes from myths all over the world. Mm-hmm. Like the sleigh baggy is an Irish myth. Mm-hmm. We meet the king and queen of the fairies, what Titiana and Oberon, and mm-hmm. those are common European myths as well. And so they draw a lot of inspiration from worldwide myths. And I will give them props because they even take on some Christianity myths. Mm-hmm. The main antagonist is Cartophilus, I think his name is. I don't want to spoil his backstory. He's not a bad guy because he's a Christian. He's actually an antagonist and Christian legend. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't actually know if he ever existed or not, but it, it's just really interesting. They even acknowledge the son of God that there will be a judgment day someday. So I, I think that's really interesting that they pull all of these different stories together to tell a very beautiful story. Mm-hmm. It's very beautiful in some parts. Like when she gets to go see the dragons, like, Oh my gosh, the animation is so, so pretty, but it's also really sad and really dark at some points. Um, she gets a familiar who's a church grin uh, that she names Ruth. His story is really sad. Both Chise's and Elias's stories are really sad. So there's a, a lot of pain here, but also a lot of beauty. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I just really like this anime a lot. The first season is out. It's 24 episodes long and season two is slowly rolling out still now. Yeah. It's going to be coming out soon. So yeah. I'll be keeping my eyes on that. It's really good. So what's your number seven looking like? Well, it didn't line up that way, but it, my number seven is actually Eureka seven. Oh, I see what you did there. Uh, It's a fun anime that uh, was 
when I remember when I was in high school, it was a very big deal. Like it uh, was crossing leaps and bounds upon, uh, upon the animation department because this was like one of the last animes that had fully drawn mechs in mech fights. Because now you see a lot of animes where they, they use CG, but this one, they drew everything and it's fast paced. It's not like stilted or, you know, frame cuts. It's very beautiful. It's very fast and very fluid. And uh, I actually just rewatched it on Blu-ray probably about four months ago, three months ago. And uh, it still holds up. Um, uh, it's about 50 episodes. And as I said, I enjoy almost all of it. I will say the final arc is a little wonky, but it still ends on a good note. Uh, as I said, it takes place with the main character named Renton. And it's in our world that's been affected by a blast that's called the summer of love. And essentially it's not really decimated the world, but it's caused the world to have erratic earthquakes uh, from time to time. And along with these earthquakes are an alien species called the Corallians that live within the planet. And uh, essentially he bumps into a girl named Eureka who more or less, I guess, bumps into him by wrecking his house with his with a mech <laughs> and uh what a great way to meet a girl she just busts into your house with house with a giant mech but it, it's a a lot of backstory gets unfolded in these 50 episodes um but the thing that i do love is that like it's a it had a lot of stuff that i enjoy uh a lot of the show has edm electronic music and a lot of the mechs are actually named after synthesizers in the real world, which mm-hmm. is very cool, like the 505 and the 404. Uh, but it's more or less just a very nice sci-fi mech love story. Um, there are some bad guys that like I genuinely like. Um, it's sad, too. Like I won't say too much, but there is a couple called Charles and Ray. Um, they're technically the not the bad guys but they are bad guys but they're bad guys that you can't help but love Mm -hmm. in a sense and uh i got very deep into this show i remember it was back when youtube was cool um i watched the entire series all 50 episodes in one day like I, i skipped the opening and the closing and just powered through it that's massive and uh but it was also i was like 18 19 i didn't have much going on on my days what a great use of your time so but yeah i said i started about 8 a.m that morning and i think i finished about almost nine o'clock that night 10 o'clock that night (laughs) but uh it's an anime that i i recommended to jess here i said it's uh i like it. it it's it's a beautiful love story but it's got it's not it does have violence but it's more like it doesn't have gore, which I appreciate because mm-hmm. I don't particularly like anime with gore. I don't mind fight scenes. Some of the ones I've mentioned have lots of fight scenes in them, but this one I appreciate because it doesn't have any gore. Yeah. And then essentially you just, you learn more truths as the mm-hmm. show opens up and you find out the ultimate truth at the end, which yeah. I won't say anything. Um, but it's a nice plot twist in a sense. Uh, but it ends on a beautiful note. 
then they made a second one. And we don't talk about it. Yeah. If, if you decide to watch it, don't get it confused. Watch Eureka 7, not Eureka 7 AO, which stands for Astral Ocean. We we don't talk about that. So, um, but yeah, I didn't mean for it to fall on number seven <laughs> as it calls itself yes, Eureka did. 7. So, but yeah. That is a really good pick. Uh, that was... Before watching My Hero Academia, I think that was the longest anime I had watched. Because generally speaking, I don't like very long anime. Mm -hmm. I like to stick around 13 to 24 episodes. But Eureka 7 was good enough to watch all 50 of them. There were a couple of fillers, but not too many, which I appreciated. Mm -hmm. Uh, They don't suffer from Dragon Ball Z syndrome, where it's like a fight takes 50 episodes. Well, they do sprinkle what I do appreciate is they they balance it half about the first 20-ish episodes are very lighthearted, mm-hmm. very open, a lot of character building. And then from like the middle to the end, like that's like the dark part of it. gets super serious. It's when America was going through its emo phase <laughs> where like they had to do all this like dark stuff. Right. And then at the very end, it like is a mixture of both like dark and happy moments. So it's got that that good uh, wave flow yeah. Uh, that or yeah, that good flow that kind of keeps you going. Like this is a good episode or a sad episode, you know, what, what am I in, in the mood for? But, um, but yeah, it's a good time. I said, and it's about, as I said, about 50 hours long, 50 hours or not 50, 50 episodes long, my bad. But, uh, one, the other thing that I remember taking away is this is like, it's got some great music that it I, does that have I've some heard. good music. So, but yeah, so cool. So my number seven is a little gem called Hindbane Renmei. And this is another shoot super short one. It's only 13 episodes long and it was released in about 1998, 1999. So the animation is a little bit older, but I think it's still very beautiful. And so this series follows Raka, a young highbane or charcoal feather. Uh, And these are essentially like teens and children's with gray wings and halos. You kind of get a sense of maybe where they are. I don't want to spoil it if you've never seen it before, but they live in a place called the old home, which is an abandoned schoolhouse outside the city of Glee. And they're cared for by an older highbane named Recky. Her story is freaking sad. <laughs> so sad. Well, and uh, the stories of lots of these highbane are very sad. The anime is very mysterious. I mean, the first episode basically opens with these two parallel stories. In one scene, you see this girl falling and this crow tries to pull her up and it's unable to. And so it flies away. And in this other scene, you see these highbane surrounding this big cocoon. Uh, in this old storehouse and at the end of the episode the cocoon opens and the girl from the falling dream comes out and that's who Raka is they call her Raka because her cocoon dream was of her falling and all of the highbane get their names from their cocoon dream Mm -hmm. and so kind of throughout the anime we learn more about where they are about the town of Glee and about the Highbane Renmei, which is basically this standard of rules that, okay, you're supposed to work in the town, but you can't really own much. You can't own anything new. Uh, and you can't really form tight relationships with people in Glee. And it, it gets, you realize something is wrong when Ku 
which is one of Raka's friends, starts doing weird things. She grows really distant. She stops talking to her friends. She gives all her stuff away. And then one day she just up and vanishes. Mm -hmm. And Raka is told that she has taken her day of flight. She has passed over the wall of glee and will never return. Mm -hmm. And so they don't, outright tell you what is with this day of flight you really have to infer a lot but there's there's so much mystery here it's it's caught between this slice of life anime where they're working they're building friendships they're interacting with the people of glee and on the other hand there's the dark parts you learn about their past you learn about who they really are um it's it's hashtag real grass it's really intense it's a one that you recommended to me and uh, I wasn't into it at first because it's very slow. It the, is slow. It's very slow. They've got to build the world, build the characters and they take their time, which is both a blessing and a curse. Like you get to see more of the world unfold, but at the same time you're like, okay, I get it, you know, but it's a, one of those that I would have never heard of it not even like even come across it. It had, had you not even told me about it because mm-hmm. it was one of those that was just under my radar. It was not in the realm of what I like to watch, but I actually gave it a try and watched it. And as I said, by the end of it, I was like, it's a beautiful story yeah. essentially. And it's, it's beautiful and it's tragedy mm-hmm. and kind of go hand in hand in this one. So, but yeah. Very good pick. You'll notice kind of the dichotomy between our lists. We've seen a lot of similar anime, but he likes all the violent ones, and I like all the pretty ones. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right, so, so what's your number six? Uh, so I had to do some twisting and turning and kind of adjustments, but I chose for number six, I chose uh, Gurren Lagan as my number six one. Uh, just another wholehearted mech anime. And it's done by the studio Trigger, which is a big studio that I really like. I said it was a toss-up. I was either going to do Gurren Lagann, Kill a Kill, or Cyberpunk Edge Runners because I really liked Cyberpunk Edge Runners. You literally won't shut up about it. <laughs> I know. It's a, it made me appreciate... I appreciated it more because I had watched it after I had played the game. They have nothing to do with each other, but uh, it was kind of a toss up. I liked Edge Runners. I liked Kill the Kill. But if I had to say which one had the most impact on me, I would say that it was Gurren Lagann. Mm. So I chose that. And essentially, it's just another alien takeover uh, situation. You know, the humans have been forced underground in our world and the aliens have taken over. And the aliens are basically just variations of beasts that's what they they take they're basically like variants of animals uh and essentially they're controlled by the spiral king uh and uh what it is is uh the humans are miners underground and the main character simon and uh his not in real life brother but they call each other brother uh his brother kamina uh who's a very He's a character. He is a character, but he is a cool guy. Uh, They find a a key and a mech underneath the earth, and they realize very quickly that they can use this mech. This mech is 
special in the fact that it can morph with other mechs and make take them under their control. So they use that to kind of not really fight back, but at least establish a footing and try to like give humans another chance in uh, being humans instead right. of being moles, more or less. But it's which he of, has that little mole who always sits on his shoulder. He has that little mole. I can't remember its name off the top of my head. He's cute. But it's a it's one of those animes that like was a really big deal in the early two thousands. It was uh, the song was an earworm. Everyone liked it. That had for those that appreciate certain scenes that happened in the anime. But it's one of those. Uh, Animes where when certain scenes and in the ending comes up, you either hate it or you love it. The ending of this show, it's very divisive. As I said, you'll those who watch certain events and the ending, you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. And I don't want to spoil too much, but essentially it's it's a toss up. I personally like it. I think it's a good. Sad farewell in a certain sense to some aspects, but you, I learned to enjoy it. And as I said, I kind of muscle through those sad parts that you'll see. Uh, but there are sad parts, good parts, but it's, it keeps the humor and it keeps everything kind of colorful in a sense that you, you learn, you learn to like the characters in the world that they have. And there are certain enemies that become friends and uh, you learn to really like those characters more than you think you would. Um, but as I said, it's, it's an earworm, uh, when you hear the song, but I, I really like the art style. And as I said, it sucks that I couldn't pick cyberpunk or kill the kill because both are very good in their own aspects, but this one just kind of was above the rest in a sense, but you're right. When you say that the ending is divisive and there are parts of the anime that are very divisive because the animation is beautiful the characters are hilarious. I cannot watch this anime. It makes me too sad. And I have lots of sad anime on my list. Yeah. I was, I'm surprised with what you like to watch. <laughs> Why you couldn't get into this, but to each his it own. Was, it was too much. So the Storytellers earn a certain amount of character kill-off points. Like, you have to earn... Uh, and you have to, what am I trying to say? You can't just kill off characters willy-nilly, okay? <laughs> well, you kill off characters to give other characters a drive, a purpose. And that's what I feel like this was. I feel like it was just to make me cry. That's just, that's just you. <laughs> yes, it is just me. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's a good time, uh, Gurren Lagan. And I think it's about... It's not as long as I remember it being. I think it's only about 24, 26 episodes. So not super duper long, but it's a good time from beginning to end. Yeah. So if you want to cry, check that one out. If Also, if you want to cry, check out Erased, which is my number six. really good time with this anime we were we had started dating when it came out i think it came out no we had already gotten married right and we were living in our first apartment and this was one of the first anime that we were watching literally as it came out so every single week 
we were looking forward to seeing the next episode. Yeah, it, uh, I remember it came out every Thursday mm-hmm. and we made it a priority to like watch that episode. And uh, uh, like it was new to me, like I hadn't seen it. So I was in the same boat. Right. We, we were both in it the same boat. It was fun to experience it together because so much of the anime on our lists are either anime he's given me to watch or I've given him to watch because it's all older. This was one of the first ones that we literally experienced together at the same time. So the main character is 29-year-old Satoru Fujinuma, and he is the man who has possessed the ability known as revival. And this basically allows him to time travel. The way I think of this is kind of like the butterfly effect. But basically, he can go back in time and change events. So something really bad happens at present time, and that triggers this revival process. So he's sent back in time to basically stop attempt to stop the kidnapping that kills off three of his childhood friends. Yeah. Um, It's very good. The only downside that I will say to the anime is that they don't, he himself doesn't explain why he has this ability. He just, he just does. does. And you kind of just learn to go with it, but that's probably the only downside I have. They learn to work off that, but it's a very good, I guess like psychological mystery. Yeah. Like psychological thriller Mm -hmm. mystery. It's not, I wouldn't classify it as horror. No, it's not horror. It's short. It's only 12 episodes long. I love the animation style. The animation of him going back in time is really cool. The opening song is awesome. Um, I I do love that. You'll know when you see it, the opening actually changes mm -hmm. based on where you are in the story. That's really cool. Even though the opening is the same, they change certain little aspects. little aspects of the opening to accommodate what's happening in the story. So you kind of like realize that the animators are going like, you know, we're paying attention, you know, we're, we're, we know what we've done. We're just making sure you're paying attention, you know, to see if you decided to skip the opening or actually watch it this right. time. So it actually makes you want to watch the opening every time you watch this show. Yeah. Those little Easter eggs are really fun. Uh, it's kind of funny when he goes back in time too, because he has the mind of a 29 year old and the body of a child. So he sees things that the kids around him aren't really seeing or paying attention to. And I think that's what gives him the ability to walk through and try and solve this mystery. And it has ramifications on the future, obviously, because when he is able to come back to the future, he is experiencing all of the new changes, mm-hmm. some of which are good and some of which are bad and yeah. sad. So. Hmm. Uh, it's a good anime. I definitely recommend checking it out. I don't want to say too much more because there's so much there. So, so what's your number five? Well, my number five is... Pretty much everyone has heard of this one, but my number five would be Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. The correct one. Yes. I didn't realize until I was a little bit older that the Full Metal Alchemist and the Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood are two very different things. While the Full Metal Alchemist starts off good, there's a turning point where it decides to go its own direction. And I had read the manga before I had started watching this. Brotherhood follows the manga, which is 
10 times better than yes. the original Full Metal. Uh, but as I said, it's the story of two brothers, Edward and Alphonse. Their mother dies. They decide to commit the taboo of bringing humans back to life, which is with alchemy, with alchemy, their uh, their version of science and magic in their world. And in their world, there is the law of equivalent exchange. If you want something, you must give something up of equal value of equal value. So you'll learn very later that. I said, if the price for trying to bring something back to life, they did bring something back to life. It wasn't their mom. Nope. The price of it was it was an entire human body and then the arm and a leg of Edward. And uh, as how did he I, save Alphonse? Well, he saved him very quickly when you'll when you watch it. The first couple episodes, they explain he says that when he your body is taken, your soul, if you do it within a timely manner, you can bring the soul back, which is basically the consciousness of mm -hmm. what it is. And so that he can still somewhat have his brother around, he puts a blood rune marking inside of a suit of armor. And the only thing he's allowed to bring back, because it's, I guess there, it's a little bit of God's fickle, likeness like I'm their gonna, version of god their version of god he can bring the soul back so alphonse's soul possesses the suit of armor mm -hmm. and uh you learn to essentially see alphonse as the suit of armor even though he's not even though he is edward's little brother <laughs> but uh it's got a great cast of characters i said it's I love that the bad guys are all based off the seven deadly sins really cool. i do love my Two favorite characters, favorites as uh, Roy and Riza. Mm -hmm. Roy Mustang, the Flame Alchemist, and Riza Hawkeye. Uh, great duo uh, couple right there. But I do also love the uh, the other cast of characters. There's, uh, of course, the unfortunate May Hughes. Uh, we, all, we all feel. Uh, there's, of course, also the wonderful major armstrong uh who doesn't love major armstrong <laughs> so i do love uh i do love all the characters and all of this and it's a, it's one of those shows that like they did it right yeah. like from beginning to end and they also kept up with like they didn't just make up science like they actually when they apply science yeah. it makes sense and like it's a very thoughtful magical system so it's a good balance as uh, we watch it. It's a good balance where they incorporate magic and science and mm -hmm. they explain it perfectly. They're not just pulling stuff out of their butt. They're just like, this actually can apply in real life. And well, not the alchemy part, <laughs> but when they do the science part, if you look it up, they're not, they did the research. They, right. they applied their knowledge, but it's a good time from beginning to end. As I said, I'm pretty sure everyone has heard of this show. But it is uh, one of the most popular anime. It's 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 very like it's some people's like top. And it's right. if you go to certain anime websites, it's like ranked number one. I wouldn't say it is number one, but it is up there for a reason and, right. as a sense that it's easy to pick up, easy to get invested. And then before you know it, like you're done. And uh, but it's one of those like the ending is good. It's they the get, ending in the Brotherhood is way better than the ending in the 2003 version. Well, the 2003 one was a cop out. They 
ended it, but then to see the actual ending, you had to watch the movie, The The Conqueror of Shambhala, which in its right mind is just... It's hot garbage. I can appreciate what they were doing. I just didn't like the direction (laughs) at all. But because they incorporated World War Two. Right. And it was like, okay, I see your. But when you start incorporating anime in real life and you're trying to make those work together, like to the point where it's like, like, as I said earlier, Jormungand did it, but it was just real life through anime. This one is like trying to incorporate anime and the real world together. And it's like, don't do that. Right. So. But uh, but yeah, as I said, it's it's one of those like I couldn't we I, would be remiss to leave it off one of our lists. I wanted to rank it higher, but like it's it's one of those that like I love the story, but like I know it too well. Mm-hmm. And like there are other stories that like hit me harder. And the thing is, is it came out later, like yeah. it was in my later, like early 20s. So I had kind of already experienced what I had wanted to experience, but it was one of those when I finally got around to watching it, I was like, this is really good. I would say it should be higher, but I just can't, unfortunately. But everyone has heard of it. Even if you haven't heard of Brotherhood, you've heard the name Full Metal Alchemist somewhere. But it's one of those that uh, if you're into like action, comedy, and a little bit of that science, sciencey mumbo jumbo. I don't get it. <laughs> it blends perfectly. It's one of those that like you won't get too confused as you watch right. it. Essentially, <laughs> the world building in Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is just so good. The animation flows so well. The fight scenes are all choreographed so well, uh, and the characters are great. Like like he was saying. So many of the characters are lovable. The bad guys are really good and thoughtful bad guys. Some have a change of heart, which is really cool. Uh, There just really is so much good storytelling there. So Mm -hmm. I can't recommend that one enough. Mm -hmm. And then to go to go off an anime that everyone has heard of, I guess your next one, not many people have actually heard of it because even I didn't know about it. So you're number five. My number five is called Mushishi. And this anime is so pretty. Pretty. Like I said, I have all the pretty anime on my list. This anime, uh, the music and the sounds are like a character unto themselves. Uh, so it's this episodic anime that follows Ginkgo. He's basically this wandering medicine man that can see the life force and mysterious creatures who stain, sustain life called Mushi. And so the anime is set sometime in this imaginary time between the Edo and Meiji periods of Japan, where everyone lives in villages and you have to get around by walking on foot. Uh, and so people are very much isolated within their own towns and places. And so he's wandering around just trying to help them deal with the Mushi in their life. Sometimes he is really able to help and sometimes it doesn't work out so well. So just for perspective, in one episode, there's a man whose dreams become real because of the Mushi that is in his life. So when he has dreams that are positive, the town flourishes uh, and they're very happy with him and they praise him. But when he has nightmares, like the town being destroyed by a flood, that also comes true. 
So there are some that are really dark and some that are just like tangible, like he could help people. So Ginkgo stumbles upon a boy who has horns and he can't stop hearing this loud sound. And his mother had this weird disease before him. And so Ginkgo's trying to solve this mystery of what's causing the sound and what's causing the horns to grow. It's also interesting and mysterious. We eventually get to figure out what Mushi is plaguing Ginkgo. Just, Just the mystery of it all, the sense of life, the sense of wonder in the creation is all really cool. Yeah, it's a it's a very well hidden gem yeah. that not many people like I had never heard of this show before I met Jess. Um, it wouldn't have even been my cup of tea. Essentially, I wasn't I, I thought from the synopsis of what it was explaining. I was like, this doesn't sound very interesting. But the first episode like hits very hard it grabs you. And, and it makes you go like, what what is this? This is something that caught me off guard in a good way. And you're invested and like it's one of those animes that I believe it's show don't tell. Yeah. And it shows you a lot of stuff. Then it explains after you've had the impact of seeing it, what you're actually seeing. So it's not like, you know, you're in the dark. What did I just watch? They show you. And then if you're as you're invested and interested, it explains what it is you're just watching. And I appreciated that. And I said, it was one of those that, uh, I didn't think it would get a season two, but it did get a season season two. two. And it's good. And, uh, I actually didn't know it had a season two until I was just rummaging through. We had already watched it. It made a huge impact on me as well. I would, it's normally not the type of stuff I watch. It's not on my list, but it was a contender. Like I was very much like, this is good. Like, and for what it's explaining, what it does, it does well. Yeah. I, I just really love the dreamlike quality of it. And I really like these animes that are very episodic in nature. Like you can get a full story just in one episode and it follows one main character. I'll talk about another anime that is similar to this a little bit later on. But it's just telling a story. It's about a journey and it's about the people and the creatures you meet along the way. Mm-hmm. Super fun. Very fun. So what's your number four? So my number four, uh, we had to do a tug of war on this we one. Did. But my tug of my uh, number four is Nichijo. <laughs> which is a slice of life comedy that just it loves to not make sense, (laughs) but makes sense at the same time. So you're just basically watching the life of two separate groups unfold. Uh, Three high school girls named Yuko, Mio and Mai. And they're basically more or less like the three stooges. Like Yuko is kind of like the dumb airhead, but you love her anyway. Mio is the headstrong one who like always likes to be right, but still can be humble when she needs to. And then Mai is just the one that likes to screw with everybody in a sense. She, she, her job is to make you question like, what did I just watch? And on the other half, you have uh, the three characters, uh, Hakase, this little five eight-year-old professor like she's She's just super genius she's a super genius 
she invents a robot named Nano, who is a robot, but she you would not know unless, you know, she has a giant gear sticking out of her back. <laughs> Which she doesn't even need. It's just cute. It's just there. And then for some reason, they just decided that one day they wanted to make the, the uh, Hakase made a scarf that allows whatever to wear it animal wise talk. So they found a stray cat, stuck the scarf on it. Scar the cat started talking and he said, well, I need a name. They couldn't think of anything. So they named it based off of a produce box that they found, which was just called Sakamoto. So that's the name of the cat. And Sakamoto is kind of like the voice of reason in this chaos, but it's a very cute anime that like doesn't take itself seriously. But when it does, it's very brief and you appreciate it. But it's one of those that like you're there just for more of the comedy sense. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those animes that I actually came across in my early teens or I would say maybe not my early teens, probably about 18, 19. And it was one of those that like you watch the first one and you were like, wow, that was weird. <laughs> I want to watch the next one. So you keep watching it and uh, it's, it's a lighthearted good time that just also plays on the aspects that like the stuff they deal with in real life. Like it's just those like weird moments you come across in your daily life that you're like, you wouldn't be able to explain it unless you were there. You tell people, you wouldn't get it unless you were there. It's one of those that like explains it and you're kind of there in third person going like, okay. Uh. Like my favorites. One of my favorites gets is when Yuko is standing in the hall because she just can't get with it and pay attention in class or like she forgot her homework or something. And she sees the principal start wrestling a deer. Yeah. She starts, he starts wrestling a deer and then the aspect of what happens afterwards is that his hair falls out like and it's like a, he tried to make it so that he had hair on his head. He's bald, but he had like this wraparound hair piece <laughs> that falls off after he German suplexes a deer in the courtyard of the school. But it's just stuff like that. It's like just utter chaos. It's utter chaos, but it's like it's cute chaos like you enjoy it and you it's quirky like you yeah and like they don't explain much of like there's not much character development there's just more they're like these are the characters these are their lives and eventually like there is a little bit of I growth think nano gets some character development she's probably the only one that <laughs> yeah. gets any character development but uh yeah it's it's one of mine like i wanted to I was debating on where to put this one, but like I enjoyed this one so much. We have and, watched it so many times. And uh, it was one of those that I recommended to you and you had never heard of it. And I said, now bear with me. I was <laughs> like, when you watch it, don't take it seriously. Like it's not meant to be serious. Yeah. And it's just like that, that uh, knee slapper comedy where you're just like, you know, that they really just go that route. But uh, it's a good time. It's a little bit on the longer side. I think it's about, what was it, 40 episodes? Something like that. Something like that. It's a little bit on the longer side, but that's not necessarily a bad thing no. in this in this case. So, uh, yeah, that's my number four. The opening yeah. song is an earworm. Opening of season two yeah. is an earworm. The first one's good, but I do. 
I used to actually like the first one more than the second, but after rewatching it, I was like, okay, yeah, the second one is better. It catch like it's more catchy, but it's a simplistic art style that's done beautifully. It's very colorful, very vibrant. The and animation style changes depending on the skit that they're doing. Yes, it, it very much changes. <laughs> they, a lot of people, I think it was one of the, there are animes that have done it, but I feel like this was one of the first animes that did it to make people realize other anime uh, groups realize we could do that too. And so it was one of the, I'm sure there are others. I don't know, but it's one of those that like they decided to change the style to fit the mood and it works. It quite, works. It works quite well. Okay. So my number four is one I had to fight Josh for just like, so he got Nietzsche Joe for his number four and I get Toradora. So this is just a feel-good anime. We watch this every Christmas. It's so good. Uh, And it follows our two main characters, Taiga and Ryuji, who are in love with each other's best friends, Minari and Kitamura, respectively, right? Um, And Taiga is just this tiny ball of fury. Uh, Kids at her school call her the palm top tiger because she walks around with a boken and slaps people in the head with it. It's absolutely hilarious. And Ryuji is thought to be like a troublemaker because he has like this very sour, I guess, kind of like resting bitch face syndrome. Mm. And so people think he's angry all the time. Uh, And he inherited that from his absent father. Uh, Kano is his mom, who's kind of like this young runaway who had him when she was a teenager and she works at nightclubs as a waitress to support him. And they have this parrot, Inko, who who is special. (laughs) And I love her. There's so much fun in this anime. Uh, Ryuji and Taiga hate each other at first, but they grow to be inseparable friends as they work together to help each other find love. I mean, it's just your classic high school drama. It is. As I said, the only reason I was bitter is because Nichijo and Toradora were both recommendations from me (laughs) to you. But I was like, well, I guess if you have to have one, I was like, I want Nichijo over Toradora, even though Toradora is a like one of my top favorites i do like it it's got that balance but it's just typical high school drama essentially but like high school drama done right right and uh you learned a lot overly saccharine or anything like that like the characters are real they feel very tangible the drama they have is real their backstories are kind of sad the things they have to deal with are real and uh it's you you get invested and there are a couple of episodes that can make you misty eyed a little bit uh, in in the aspect of what happens between everyone, but it's, it's good character growth, great uh, direction that it goes. And like at the end of it, like you feel fulfilled when you're done watching it. Like you're like, you don't need to go further. That's a good stopping point. And there were rumors of making a Toradora too, but they quickly got quelled because uh, everybody was like, it's not necessary. So it's a good time. I, I I I fought her for this. I wanted this both of those on there, but uh, I just you had like, no room. I know. I couldn't give up anything else, so I had to weigh between Nichijo and Toradora. So I decided to go with Nichijo. And yeah, uh, 
Toradora is very special to me. I mean, the reason we watch it at Christmas is there are some Christmas episodes that are very sweet. Uh, and I think season two is mostly during winter. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's 25 episodes. It was released in the late 2000s. I mean, it, it's just a good anime. The art style is great. The music is fun. Um, can't say enough good things about it. Yeah, so... Good times. All but right. I will good. say that I think you should start off number three. So. I should. Okay. Well, so our number three kind of go hand in hand because they're made by the same company or designed by the same yeah. animators. The, the same animator and director worked on both. Okay. Well, so my pick is Cowboy Bebop. I think it's time to blow this thing. Get everybody in the stuff together. Okay, three, two, one, it's jam. I mean, who doesn't love Cowboy Bebop? This is basically Firefly the anime. It follows bounty hunters Spike and Jet through their misadventures through the stars. Along the way, we meet Faye Valentine, who's this whiny female bounty hunter who just can't get her shit together. Ayn, the super genius dog. And Edward, the crazy computer teenage girl. She's a nut. I mean, these characters are so fun. The animation is quirky. The music is all jazz. Like, every episode is a hoot and a half. And I remember, because uh, I'm not trying to say that I'm cultured, but this was another recommendation for me, because you had said that you liked Firefly. I had never heard of Firefly, so I watched an episode or two episodes of it, and I said, this reminds me of an anime. And you were like, what anime? So I said, have you ever watched Cowboy Bebop? And you were like, no. I was like, you probably should. I was like, it's everyone has heard of it that's in that group. So I was like, you should give it a try. And uh, I said, I've loved this anime from the beginning. I remember watching this when I was a little kid on Adult Swim on a Cartoon Network. Or was it Toonami in the middle of the night? No, it was Adult Swim. Adult Swim. They couldn't show it on Toonami. They ended up showing other stuff. But I remember because I'd be up at like, 2 a.m. watching 30 minutes of it and the very first episode that i saw was episode 13 toys in the attic such a good episode which just is probably not (laughs) a good episode to start off but it's just don't leave stuff in the fridge is the main aspect so another good one of those is like when they find the mushrooms and (laughs) they're all like high cracks me up it's yeah it's it's one of those that like the it's got fillers, but they're fillers that you enjoy. Right. If you actually take the main story in the 26 episodes, you could sum up the entire story in like six episodes. Like it doesn't because there's the uh, episode where at the church. Well, okay. I guess if you're just focusing on spike as the only character, then yeah, you could do it in six episodes. But but, if you want to follow all of the characters, mm. I think the only real fillers, I think there are only two real fillers. Yeah. It it depends on who you end up liking. Uh, Like me personally, I like spike and I like jet. I Mm. think those are two great characters. Jet actually gets like his two own storylines in the, in the Mm. show. Faye is interesting in her own aspect. I, you, her story is more sad than anything. Yeah. And then Ed is just Ed. I mean, he's like, there's not much I <laughs> she can say. She cracks me up. But, uh, but no, it's, it's one of those, like it's been the content top contender, like full metal alchemist where everybody was like, and best anime of all time. It's good. I will say, but it's 
to the point where it's been overdone. Like everyone is like oh, saying like, like top 10 they're like, it's best one ever. I'm like, it's good. Don't get me wrong. But like you hear it so much that you're right. just kind of like, yeah, it's good. I, I get I get where you're coming from. There's a reason it's on so many top 10 anime lists. It stands the test of time. It was released in 1998. The soundtrack is like top tier. That opening song. I mean, it is a punch. It's mm. so good. It is so catchy. Uh, the stories are great. The development of Spike's backstory with the crime syndicate is really interesting. I mean, there's so much good here. There's a reason why it's so well loved. Mm-hmm. So, so then the flip side of Cowboy Bebop is my number three spot, which we didn't plan on it, but I just kind of was. It just happened. It just happened. Mine is actually the other side of the coin. Uh, Samurai Champloo. Yeah, Which, as I said, it was done by the same animator director, and it's the exact, it's the opposite. Instead of jazz, it's hip hop and a little bit of rap, but not much. It's more or less just hip hop. And uh, it just basically, instead of cowboys and in space, in space, this is just samurai and swordsmen in like Edo, Japan. Uh, but it just basically goes off the three characters. Fu, Jin, and Mugen. And uh, Fu just wants the help of two swordsmen to find her lost dad because she's susceptible to being kidnapped and she needs bodyguards, which despite the bodyguards, she still gets kidnapped more in this show than any other heroine she's I've like seen. as bad as Ashley and Ari. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's, it's a good one. Uh, that there are episodes that take themselves very seriously. And when they do, it's beautifully done. Uh, the music, even though I'm not a fan of a lot of hip hop, like this is hip hop that I can get behind. It's actually done by like four different artists, but the one artist that uh, I like, uh, I've heard him, his name pronounced two different ways. I've heard new job new jabes or as i like to call him new jabes and he makes a lot of like when you listen to like those lo-fi remixes on youtube he was like one of those big artists mm. back in the early 2000s that did those um but it's a great like 26 episodes and at the end of it like it's a fulfilling ending it's a great ending uh there's a lot of character building without being told at the same time. Like you learn about the characters as the story goes, instead of just being like, here's this character, here's their backstory, move on. It's more like, here's this character. We're just going to sprinkle their backstory throughout the show. But then there are certain episodes that do not take themselves seriously whatsoever. Like the baseball, the baseball episode is notorious, but my favorite episode is bogus booty where they find uh, fake money in a riverbed and they use it to go and uh, eat food because they're always hungry. And then Gene and Mugen decide to go to the red light district. And when they go there, they spend the money and a whole escapade of the cops trying to find this counterfeit production go under. And the whole time... Mugen is, as he says, I just want to get my nookie and he can't. (laughs) And it's more of just like 
you're sitting there going like, I, I really want to, I want him to succeed, but <laughs> I, I also like the fact that he's always being more sense blocked in that aspect, but it's a great cast of characters that like, they all work well off each other. You've got the ditzy girl, the vulgar, you know, vagabond, and then like the uptight, you know, dork who's samurai, samurai and they all, they all play off each other in the beginning where none of them like each other to the point where they're almost like a family by the end of it. And you don't want to see anything bad happen to any of them, but it's one of those that I couldn't really get Jess to watch at, like, cause there were certain aspects of the show. It just kind of freaked me out. Yeah. But as I said, it's, if you like cowboy beat bop, you will like Samurai Champloo because it's just the exact opposite. Well, and I think Spike and Mugen are very similar. They have similar-ish fighting styles. Mugen is kind of like doing lots of gymnastics, but still using his legs a lot. And Spike uses his legs a lot. They're both mm -hmm. very tall and lanky and fast. And the animation style is very quirky, but flows really well. Mm -hmm. And then they try to uh, like draw aspects of like, at that time what we were dealing with in the real world, like they show, even though it's in the time of swords, like there's one guy that has pistols, which are very rare, but he holds them in the aspect of like right. a gang member. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? But they like to play off that. And then there's a few episodes where they incorporate rap. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's one of the, it's one of those that you can appreciate it. Even if you're not a fan of that genre of music in a sense. But uh, it's one of those that I also recommend watching in English. I think yeah. you can oh, watch yeah. it. Cowboy Bebop, you should also watch in English. Yeah, I, I will say both. Like the Japanese version is not bad, but I think the English version is also very well done. Yeah. So if it's up to you, but me personally, I think English is the way to go for this one. Basically uh, everything else we've talked about, we recommend Japanese except for Beck. And these two. Uh, back in these two. And then. Well, and your number two. Uh, my number two, if I want me to go. My number two. This was a really hard contender for number one. But I ended up putting num Trigun as my number two. It's one of those that like it looked so old that I didn't think I would like it because it has that very 90s animation. And you're kind of like, I don't know if I like this, but I watched this on my own. And uh, you basically just see the story unfold of Vash, uh, Vash the Stampede, who's basically always being hunted for the bounty on his head. And uh it just takes place in another desert wasteland yeah. planet earth and uh, resources are dwindling, but money still makes the world go around essentially. And uh, because of the bounty, he causes destruction wherever he goes like a stampede. So these two insurance girls follow him 
to kind of keep him from causing more damage and causing more insurance companies to help. I like how even in a far off planet in a desert wasteland, you can't escape the insurance people. Yeah. And uh, I will admit, like, uh, I would say that Vash is my favorite character in this episode as to your favorite character is Wolfwood. I love Wolfwood. I said he he's also a great supporting character as well. I wouldn't say any of the characters are bad in this, but uh, it's in the aspect like I don't want to say too much. I mean, most people have heard of Trigun. It's one of those that like I had never heard. I had heard of it, but I had never watched it. And then when I sat down and watched it, I realized that like just how popular this anime is. But it's a very how would I say a very sci fi western that has like sprinkles of comedy but it is it's very much action-packed it's very well-rounded yeah and it's one of those animes like uh when you watch it you're not like i've seen it so many times but i still like to sit down and watch it every once in a while and it's another one of those animes that it's very well done in english like the voice actors they got for the english cast are so like good. are like they fit the characters perfectly. The guy who does Vash's laugh <laughs> is so good. <laughs> hey, they seem to be getting along really well. The birds of a feather have flocked together. Yeah, he he's one of those. Uh, uh he's done a lot of different characters. You'll know him when you hear him, but him. It is a great voice actor. I also love Wolfwood's uh, yeah. voice actor, but uh, <laughs> said a traveling preacher who carries a crucifix full of guns, full of mercy. He calls them. He says, "Oh, it's just full of mercy." And like, <laughs> I remember the first time you heard that, you were like, "I love that." Like, it's so good. So. He, he carries this little chapel you can put on your head for confession. It's like just put a nickel in there. So funny. <laughs> But uh, it's one of those uh, stories that uh, you learn, you get invested without like too much being explained. Like there are certain episodes that are like dedicated to like mm-hmm. the backstory. Yeah. And then I will say that like while I appreciate the final episode, I do feel like they could have fleshed it out maybe another two episodes. Mm-hmm. But I understand they were under time constraint when they did this and they didn't want to stretch it any further than they had to. But it's one of the animes like I still watch it to this day. Like I watch it at least once a year. Like I just want to sit down, enjoy it. And uh, I never get bored every time I watch it. And it's only I believe it's only about 24, 26 episodes as well. It's not it. But it's one of those that like you'll watch it. And you'll before you know it, you've sat and watched eight episodes and you're like, oh, shoot, you know, I want to make a popcorn anime. I, I want to make this last, but it's hard to. But that's that's definitely my number two. Uh, it's it was a top contender for number one, but I couldn't I just couldn't put it up there for reasons we'll be explaining here right. a little bit. Well, and I just want to say a few things about Trigon. I think that what they do with the lighting is really cool because during the moments that are full of comedy, it's very bright and light. Uh, and, you know, everyone's filled with smiles. And then the parts that are dark when you're learning about Vash's backstory, when things get kind of hard, the lighting gets very dark. Like the background gets kind of red and it feels ominous. Just the the color choices are very thoughtful. Uh, 
so much of the animation is very thoughtful. Mm -hmm. And that's because I, this was when they were still hand drawing anime. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something we've lost so much. You guys will notice a lot of the anime we've talked about is older anime, anime from the nineties. And that's when it was still hand drawn, when it was still beautiful, when people still cared about telling a good story. Whereas now, if you look at the remake of Trigun, which is hot garbage, I it's not even a remake. It's like a prequel or something. It, some people say it's a remake. Some people say it's a prequel. Like, I just don't like the art direction, and I'm I'm not a fan of uh, cell shading. So, even though I'm not going to say it's hot garbage, I will just say I just have just decided not to watch it because I yeah. I don't want it to tarnish what I've enjoyed from the original. Um, it may be good. I don't know. It's just. I'd rather keep my head in the sand and enjoy what I have than watch it and be like, what did you do kind of thing? What were right. you thinking? Well, so. and they did that with Cowboy Bebop too. Netflix tried to make a live action version of Cowboy Bebop that failed miserably. Mm-hmm. And it's, they keep reaching back into the past to claim whatever it was that made these things so popular, except they're missing the point. They're missing the thing that made it popular, which was the good story and the care put into the animation where you were saying like it's got that older animation quality like it's it's very much a 90s anime but like as you were saying the animation there's care in the animation like they they take the time uh because now you watch certain animes today and like they cut corners they try to get it just looks bad it just looks bad um but this is one of those that like i it was one of the ones where they still took great care they love telling a story and it's a reason why, like, as I was growing up in high school, why this anime was always referenced. Like, just, like, they always had good fun with it. They always talked about it. And it's because it made a huge impact with people. And it stuck around. It's a simple story that goes a long way, yeah. in a sense. Like, it, you can explain the whole thing, the whole story in, like, three sentences. But you can get, like everything out of the show off those three sentences. I wouldn't say everything because it is also very deep. Like there's a lot of Christian symbolism in it. Mm -hmm. There's this message of wanting to go to the stars, but there's also a desire to protect human life. I mean, that's Vash's whole thing. He might be leaving a lot of destruction in his wake, but it's not his fault Mm -hmm. because he's trying to save lives. And that moral philosophy kind of comes to bite him in the butt a little bit later on. True. I said, you don't meet many protagonists that say like, you know, I want to fight the bad guys, but I don't want to kill anybody. Right. Like as said, as he says, the, the main takeaway from his philosophy is that every human life is precious, no matter yeah. who they are, whether they're good or bad, you know, life is a precious thing to take care of. And like, that's one reason why, like, he's a, he's a great protagonist, uh, for who he is and who he portrays. And, uh, I will say there are certain parts in the story that get upsetting, but all in all, like this is like, I would almost say it's like a 10 out of 10 for me for this one. A 10 out of 10. I would have put it as number one, but we'll get to our, we'll get to that. But this is a really good runner up. Like if you haven't seen it, this is a, this is a must have in my opinion. Totally agree. So my number two also could have very easily been my number one, but you know, I'll talk about my number one uh, and why it slightly edged this one out. And my number two is Angel Beats.
Josh is tired of me talking about Angel Beats. It is my favorite music and anime, period. The opening is memorable. There is a song in the anime between these two characters that was like our last dance for our wedding. just precious. I love this anime so much. Um, So the setting and the environment is a high school afterlife, essentially. They're in a type of limbo for people who've experienced some sort of trauma or hardships in life and must overcome them before moving on or being reincarnated. So we follow Otanashi, who's our main character. He's a boy with amnesia who ends up in this afterlife. And he meets Yuri Nakamura, a girl who invites him to join the afterlife battlefront, which in Japanese is the Shinda Seikai Sensen. So the organization is called the SSS. And she leads this organization against an unseen god for their unfair circumstances or whatever. And they believe that their enemy is Angel. And she is the student council president who has these supernatural powers. And they basically think that she's God's associate. So after joining the SSS, Otanashi meets all of the other members who are all fun and quirky and just like they have so much personality. And it's just a fun time. And it's one of those that like, I really enjoyed it when I first watched it. And then I recommended it to you. And now you're tired of it. And now I'm tired of hearing about it. (laughs) But it's one of those that I saw and I was like, I couldn't get into it because I was at first because it it looked like so many other animes. But I will admit that while watching it, it does have one of the probably not the best, but one of the better openings of many animes out there. My Soul Your Beats is so freaking good. It's very catchy. It's very beautiful. Also like it when people do remixes of it, Mm -hmm. very good remixes, but it's just, I will admit it's one of those that like, it, it can make you cry very easily. It makes me cry so many tears. But it was one of those, like, I remember, I can't remember when I recommended it to you. Recommended it to I think you. we were still dating. But it was when we were still dating, and I think this was one of the ones that I said, well, if you like what you like, I think you will like this. As a- Yeah, because Highbane Renmei was another afterlife anime that I liked and was on this list. And so this one fell into a genre I really like. It's just that the difference is High Bane Renmei to me was serious the whole time. Yeah, this, this one is, is serious, but they like to sprinkle in a lot of comedy mm-hmm. too to keep you lighthearted, at least until the very end. Then they start to like come down hard. Well, but. yeah, because they eventually learn who Angel really is and her goal. Her goal is to help them move on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you get to go through all of their stories and their passing on stories, it gets really, really intense. Everyone's story is really sad. Um, yeah, it, it's just such a good anime. Like I said, the music is top tier. There's actually a high school rock band group called Girls Dead Monster in the anime. And they have an actual album out on Spotify. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. Yeah. All right. So next up, we have to talk about our honorable mentions. Like we were saying earlier, not everything that we love could make the list. And not even everything that we love could make our honorable mention. So we kept it down to five. That way this episode wouldn't end up being like 20 hours long. So what are your top five honorable mentions? 
So my top five uh, honorable mentions, starting with number five, not in really in particular order, but uh, forgive me if I botch it, but it's called uh, Hajime no Ippo, which, or called The Fighting, which is basically more or less just a fight, a boxing anime. Uh, is more popular than I thought it was, but it just tells the simple story of a kid who's bullied, wants to stand up for himself, build confidence, decides to take up boxing as a confidence booster, realizes he's got a knack for it, and just basically aims to become like the lightweight champion of Japan. And in most of them, as I said, most animes and sports don't conclude uh, this one. Goals are achieved, but there's more to talk about. And uh, it's an overall fun story uh, that I'm not a huge sports anime person, but this is one I can get behind. Uh, number four would probably be, it's more of a recent one, but it, I, you can call it Kaguya-sama, but most people call it Love is War. It's so funny. Uh, it's a very slice of life, like romantic comedy where it's just two people like each other, but they don't want to be the first one to say it. So it's because the whole, if you say, I love you. You lose. You lose. So they spend the whole time trying to make the other one say it. And then there's a couple of other great stories, but it's more of just like a very laugh out loud, but it's comedy done right in a sense. And I wanted to include it, but I just, I couldn't. Um, my number three one is one. Some people like it. Some people don't. Some people have seen it and others haven't, but it's simply called Fooly Cooly or FLCL. Uh, and it just basically tells a very wacky story of a kid who's dealing with like grown up feelings. And the only way that happens is stuff comes out of his head, like, in like the, mechs come out of his head, mechs come out of his head, aliens come out of his head. There's a alien girl that's with him. That's like 10 years older than him, but he likes her. And it just tells a very weird growing up sensation and it does this in only six episodes it's very short like you could do this in like one sitting but it's one of those that like it was a big impact on me because they showed it on adult swim it was uh something that i always watched when i was in high school and i always enjoyed it and even though it may not have like the most coherent story like i i enjoy what it's trying to do uh, but because it, it references a lot of older animes and it pays tribute to them. But it's more like just like a mashup of randomness that I can get behind. Uh, number two. I'm going to it's. It's a guilty pleasure. I wouldn't say it's. It, it's one of my favorites, but I I just for some reason couldn't put this on the list. Uh, it's Clannad and then the second one, Clannad After Story. And it's just a straight up high school uh, romantic slice of life. It's, but it's more serious than that. I mean, there are parts that are absolutely funny. There are, there are parts that are funny, but the show in all takes itself very seriously. And it's just about a main character who doesn't have a mom, has a deadbeat dad, doesn't like his dad, goes to school, bumps into some bumps into a girl sees how you know how much help she he thinks she needs befriends her befriends a bunch of other girls it's he has it's a low-key harem it's a low-key really. harem but it's got 
he's got a best friend, but it's one of those animes that like it didn't jive with me until about episode. You have to give it at least three to five episodes for it to like start. I did not want to finish it at first. Yeah, it, it's very hard to get into unless you're that's your cup of tea in, in the sense like you like this kind of stuff. I couldn't get into it until about I can't remember where it was, but it was somewhere between episode three and episode five where something clicked and I got invested. Well, and they start dealing with the supernatural. I mean, there are ghosts, there's like a reincarnation as like animals. And it's like, there's time travel. Like there's, there's stuff going on kind of in the background that you get a sense of, but you don't really understand. Yeah. And I feel like, those of you who do know what I'm talking about, it's basically based off of a computer game, a drama uh, storytelling game. Uh, A visual novel? Visual novel, I'm sorry. There are good visual novels of it, and then there are some uh, not-so-suggestive ones. But the overall arcing story is if you know the the visual novels, you kind of have more of an idea going into this. Mm it was just brought to life because it was very popular in the early two thousands. Um, but yeah, I was going to say it's, I don't normally go high school romance ish, but this is one that I can get behind, but I just, I just couldn't put it on my you list. You say that after you talked about yeah. love is war, which is also another uh, high school romance. Yeah. And then uh, I guess that comes down to my last one. So this was a, more recent one it's than, like almost brand new it, it's it was i think it was all aired last year uh my number one uh honorable mention was a uh, ranking of kings oh gosh, so, good. so i actually skipped out the first 10 episodes eight to 10 episodes because i saw the art style i thought it looked childish and i said i don't really this doesn't look great but i heard a bunch of people saying like Give it a chance. The animation is deceiving. Well, so, and the opening sequence is so good. I love the second opening. The yeah. first opening is really good too, but it's just a simple story of very much fantasy, magic, mm-hmm. and uh, mythical beings. But it's a simple story of a main character named Boji that cannot is deaf and is mute, mm-hmm. and he can't so. Uh, his father is the king. He's a giant. He's a giant. And he's technically supposed to be a giant, but he's short, like shorter than an average human. And there his, are reasons for that. His growth is stunted. He's deaf. He's mute. And in the sense that he wants to become king and he wants to become number one, because in their world, every kingdom has a grading system. And it's essentially why it's called the ranking of kings. And everyone's goal is to become number one in King, because if you become number one, you get to pick a sacred treasure that no one else can have. And it bestows upon you like incredible power. But there's a lot going on. There's a lot of uh, betrayal, a lot of love interests and a lot of essentially character building that you didn't think would happen. And it's one of those that like took me by complete surprise by like episode like two i was like in i cried cried by episode two because of what they did so this is one that it looks like it would just be aimed for like a 10 year old but it's not it's not not for kids and it's it's one of those that like it caught me off guard and like i really wanted to include it but it was just 
so new that I didn't let it have time for me to like fester in my growing up days. But this is one that like made a huge impact on me and I had to include it. And this one was actually a tie. I almost wanted to do ranking of Kings or cyberpunk, but Mm -hmm. this one takes the cake. We paid tribute to cyberpunk. We paid tribute, but this one, great storytelling, great character building and beautiful animation. When you actually get past, you actually find the charm in the simplistic animation that they do. They put some beautiful scenes in the later episodes, but it's not super duper long and it's something that I was invested by episode two yeah. and I, I watched it faithfully until it was uh, concluded, but there's another season coming out, uh, believe this April of this mm-hmm. year, April, 2023. So that's my top five right there, but for, yeah, honorable, mentions. for honorable mentions. So, okay. So my honorable mentions again, it, it's so hard to pick uh, because there's so many anime we like, but I'll just get into it. So one of mine is School Live, and I'm just not going to say anything about it. You need to go watch the first episode. You're going to think it's dumb. You're going to be like, why did she recommend this to me? And then you'll get to the last five seconds and you'll be like, oh, I get it now. So just go do that. Um, And then the next one is Spice and Wolf. This was one you showed me. I really liked it. It follows Lawrence, who's a traveling merchant, and his companion is a wolf deity named Holo. And she wants to help people with their farms and fields. She's kind of like an agricultural goddess. Um, But they stopped relying on her less as agriculture started to advance. So Lawrence is basically helping escort her to her homeland. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, just a nice slice of life anime. You get to learn a lot about trading and economics and the art is very beautiful. Uh, and their backstories are really interesting. So I really like Spice and Wolf. I'm kind of upset about the ending because the manga continues, but the anime does not. Correct. So that that's why it didn't rank higher. Uh, my third honorable mention is Your Lion April. This is another music heavy one that I just really loved and made me cry a lot. It's about a piano player who basically loses his ability to hear the piano. Uh, and he has a really tragic backstory, but he meets a brilliant and beautiful violinist who basically brings him back to life. Mm-hmm. Um, such a great anime. Uh, my second honorable mention is Bochi the Rock. And this one, this one is new and it's just. It is utter chaos. So it follows this genius guitarist neat named Bochi. Uh, she is coerced into joining a band. And there's just all of these hilarious references to other anime. And it's just absolutely ridiculous. It's a party in and of itself. Uh, I can't recommend it enough. I laughed at every single episode. The music is very good. Um, I, I really hope it gets a season two. As do I. And so my last honorable mention is Made in the Abyss. So this is like the opposite of Bochi Rock. This is the very dark. Uh, it's about an abyss that's this giant pit in the middle of the world uh, that goes to the center of the earth and it has a curse. So the lower and lower you get down into the abyss, uh, the more the curse presses upon you and the less likely it will be that you can ever return to the surface. The storytelling is amazing. The art is great. Uh, but like I said, it's dark. There's some big things that happen. Uh, there's a little humor in there to kind of take some light away from the darkness, but it's a really intense story. Mm-hmm. All right. Ready for number one? Yeah, let's go ahead and get let's started. Let's go it. So my number one, as I said, it was a it was kind of a struggle 
trying to figure out where I wanted to put this one. I knew it was top, but I wasn't sure it would be the top. But when I thought about it, like this was an anime that left huge impacts on me. I loved it. It technically is still not even done by story standards to this day. Uh, But my number one spot would have to go to the 97 release of Berserk. Like, I think that that right there is top tier storytelling, beautiful for the time being. It's beautiful animation and it's characters that like they knew what they were doing when they told a story here. Uh, But it just basically circles around three main characters. Guts, who is your main uh, run of the mill uh, grunt who basically realizes that having friends is very important. Uh, there's Griffith who is the leader of the band of the Hawk. And he's just one of those guys that wants everything to be his because he was born into nothing. So he just thinks that if he works hard for it, everything should be his. Mm -hmm. And then there's Casca who's more or less Griffith's right hand woman. Like she's, one of the top captains of the band of the Hawk. And she's kind of full of herself, but you get why she's full of herself. She's one of those, she's one of those women that proves herself and can actually back it up by showing action along with words. But it's one of those animes that is very dark, very much adult themes going on in this. There is blood violence. There's blood violence, some sex, sexual activities. They don't show it. They don't show it, but you know where it's going with the insinuation. Um, I said the first episode hits hard, which it tells somewhere. It takes place technically after the show is done. First episode just shows you where Guts is, how he got his name, the Black Swordsman, and what he's doing. And uh, he's basically more or less hunting. In this world, demons are in the world and they can it's basically every mythological demon that you can think of is here on our planet but it takes place during the medieval times where there's no guns transportation like locomotives anything it's all horse and carriages horses swords arrows you name it. think lord of the rings essentially mm-hmm. but very dark lord of the rings very dark lord of the rings and uh as i said when uh, it does continue. Uh, the manga is still not done because rest in peace. The man who did it died before mm-hmm. he could finish it. But this man, while he is great, I don't know what went through his mind to tell some of the stuff in this story, but like it still resonated with me. And this is one of the animes that like, I actually went to a sketchy website, went through a bunch <laughs> of firewalls and watched this entire series in one day because it was that good. Um, as I said, I love to watch this anime, uh, every time, every chance I get, um, the movie adaptions that are basically synopsises of the entire, uh, anime and like three movies 
are very well done. Uh, if you get to see them, they're called the Berserk, the Golden Ark saga, or just the Golden Ark. Very good three movies that like pay tribute and don't really tarnish the name. The 2016 one is a continuation, and I don't know where they went with the art style, but essentially, I just left it up to the original 97 one. It's a good 24, 25 episodes. Um, it does have more or less an abrupt ending that not many people are prepared for, kind of like Spice and Wolf, where yeah. it just ends, but the manga keeps going. But they did try to pay tribute and half worked, half didn't. But still, this was like one anime that like, if I th could think of like where they took time and effort to throw animation and like detail that needed to be said, like this is one of them. Uh, I love the music of the show. The openings, it's, it's kind of, a, that's probably one of its hiccups. I'm not a huge fan of the opening. But the music in the show itself is very well told. And then I like it because it I, I'm not going to say it makes me feel old, but I like when I'm watching it. Sometimes they just show like the still painting images of like a pause scene. And then it either goes to credits or it goes to kind of like in a, a scene swap. But mm -hmm. I like the old like pastel oil painting still shots that they're like doing to like convey like what's going on. And it's a uh, one of those that if you're into sword fights, blood, missing limbs, <laughs> it's there. I don't know. Why um, into that. <laughs> it's just if you're into that kind of stuff, as I said, I think the biggest scene in this whole show more some people say it's the ending i think the best scene in this whole one where he it's like the biggest explosion of like who he who guts is as a character is the episode where guts one man with a really big sword kills 100 armed soldiers by himself in a in a crowded tree forest and like he's doing it to protect his friends and it's like one of those where like I think that was where like it was like one of the heaviest hits along with a scene uh, later when he earns his independence because he has a revelation. But it's a anime that sits so hard with me. I could not recommend it more, but I understand if you don't like it has a lot of violence and uh, and it's one of those that. A lot of people can't take, but this is one of the, in my personal opinion, one of the best stories told. And like, it's not hard to grasp. And like, you love the characters that are in the story. And you also love that you hate some of the characters in the story. Well, the story is about overcoming evil, right? <sighs> you can it, say that generally. It, you can say it generally. It's one of the aspects, but it's also one of the aspects of the story is self-worth, I guess. Yeah. As said, both all characters are trying to find like, you know, who they are and what they want to be. And some answers are good and some answers are not so good. But as I said, it's, it was hard. I wasn't sure it, it was a top. I almost wanted to say Trigun, but cause these are like the exact opposites as said. But as I said, when I thought about what I loved, upon seeing it in its completion, like I had to give this one the number one spot. So if you love that kind of 
story. Uh, as I said, medieval, you know, medieval, a little bit of magic, but not really. But there is, of course, demons, demonism that's in there. But but they're fighting. The but demons. they're fighting they're the demons. Up the demons is good. Yeah, they're fighting the demons to protect humanity. So it's one of those that uh, there's an overall good story a good arc of a story like you're they're trying to see the good in it but it also shows that humans are not perfect and a lot of humans are evil and but uh you you like guts for who he is it's a very and i just love the fact that like it's a very simple name as i said he doesn't have like a very flamboyant name it's just you know not like cloud the other guy with the big buster sword (laughs) yeah but uh but yeah i was gonna say uh if you ever get a chance to pick it up, I said the manga is also very good. Just be aware it's not finished and it may not be finished. But the anime is uh, the, the 90s. Original. The original anime is like to me. Top 90s anime right there, like that's like what animes should be and should be following in suit. That's another one like I, I didn't watch Berserk because it was too violent for me. But I feel sad for you knowing that the continuation that was released more recently, the animation style is so bad. Like I saw the trailer for it. It's straight up ugly. Um, and that's too bad because the original animation looks very crisp and clean. Yeah, it's got that 90s style. But, you know, you could tell they put care into it. You could tell that the animators really cared about what they were doing. And this is something we talked about earlier. People just don't put time and effort into animation anymore. And that's the thing. We're talking about anime. We're talking about the anime. The art itself is a character. Like creating beautiful art is the whole point of anime. Mm -hmm. Like that's why we enjoy it. To see a story told beautifully. And when you just use a computer to circumvent that, you're missing the point. Mm-hmm. And the reason that the 2000, it's the 2015 Berserk that didn't do well. Um, it's all cell shaded and it came out every week on a certain day. And I think part of the reason it was able to come out in a timely manner is because they just cell shaded it. Yeah. it. And it's, you could tell they cut corners. It's stiff. It's ugly. It looked like an early PS2 cutscene. Like the whole time, it looked like PS2 cutscene. There's scenes. no excuse for that because the PS5 games look amazing now. Yeah. So it's, as I said, it, it, it while it started off on the good good note and like it continued with the Golden Arc series, like they did right right there. Hour and a half movie that sums up like if you don't have time to watch the anime, watch the golden arcs. They sum it up in an hour and a half in each one. And then you've seen the whole thing. Um, But the 2015 one, unless you just I watched it because I'm a diehard. I loved it. Uh, But I love the story. I just couldn't get behind the animation. And it was kind of one of those like you're swallowing a bitter pill like you know you need to swallow it but you just don't want to but if you just want simplicity and you're okay with kind of an uh to be continued maybe uh as i said stick to the original and if you don't have that kind of time the golden arc movies are a very good follow-up if you get a chance to cool all right so my number one is it's a hidden gem um, so this is one I discovered when I was in high school, and it is called Kino's Journey, The Beautiful World. 
It's an adaptation from 2017 that is kind of like a re-upgrade of the animation. The story is told a little bit differently, but my heart just belongs to the original uh, 2003 version. And so we follow Kino and Hermes, the talking motorbike, on their journey across the world. And this is another episodic anime. Kino basically visits all of these different towns and villages across the world, just kind of learning about them. Uh, one of the towns that Kino goes to is run by robots and people live very far apart because everyone in the town can read each other's minds. Uh, and that creates a lot of strife between them. And so it, it's it's just interesting to enjoy that journey with Kino. One of my favorite quotes from the show is, whenever people see birds flying through the sky, it's said that they get the urge to go on a journey. And that's what this anime is. It's a journey. Kino never spends more than three days in a town or a village. Uh, Some villages are more intense uh, and kind of like scary and on the edge. And some are beautiful. And you get to learn these one. It's like reading a book. You get to visit this new place and experience this new world just just for a little bit of time. There's a wistfulness to the journey of learning about Kino and this world. Um. It's just really nice. I don't know. What do you think about it? It's one of those animes. I had never heard of it. As I said, it was a hidden gem. Um, Watching this, I actually compare it very much to Mushishi. Yeah. In a sense, like every episode is its own thing. And every story is different in every episode. But it's beautifully told. And I was confused about the talking motorbike. I wasn't sure if it was talking or if Kino was monologuing the bike Mm. and that's why i was confused i was like until it was actually explained that was one thing that i scratched my head over um but i love the fact that every town has its own quirk whether good or bad um every town has a quirk in a sense um but i do love the traveling aspect but i did get as i said i did get very big uh Mushishi vibes, but they were both recommendations from you yeah. that I watched. So they kind of, to me, those go hand in hand, but Kino is very good. Yeah. I mean, the world is really magical and mysterious. There's this great sense of brutality and loneliness and nonsense and oppression and tragedy that 
surround some of these worlds, but it's juxtaposed against a lot of compassion and this creative fairy tale atmosphere that I just really enjoyed. Um, there's so much poetry embedded within it. It's very introspective and it's a little bit of a slower pace. Some of the animes that I enjoy the most are just slower. They give you time to tell a story and enjoy a story for what it is instead of being filled with action or whatever. Not to say there's no action. I mean, Kino carries a cannon, which is a 44 single action revolver. Uh, Kino cleans it very carefully every single day. Um, So it's not like there's no action. I mean, there's the whole Coliseum arc too, Mm -hmm. which takes place over like three or four episodes. Um, But it's, it's just a good time. It's a great tale. I enjoyed it a lot. And I think one of the like it shows kind of like the different tone, like there's Mm -hmm. the action tone. But I remember one of the tones that I or one of the scenes that just it was a very calm scene is where when uh, Kino and Hermes uh, enjoy each other's company while they're camping. Kino sets a cup of coffee on his exhaust pipe just to keep it warm. And Hermes is okay keeping it warm. And it's just like a nice like bond that you yeah. see it's very weird to see a person talking to an inanimate object but but Hermes can talk back but Hermes can talk back so uh, while he's not a huge role in certain aspects he plays a vital role in the Hermes kind of pulls Kino back Hermes is very logical and uh, he he's worried about Kino's safety whereas Kino's like now nah, let's go do stuff mm-hmm. so but it's one of those that like I had never heard of the first time I saw it. And there's a lot to be explained in the 13 episodes that are in this. Yeah. It's it's a it's a nice bite sized anime, but it leaves an impression. And uh, especially when you learn about Kino's actual backstory. Yeah, that was really intense. That, that one was kind of a, a stab in the chest. When right. I, when I saw that. So but uh, yeah, I mean, that it's a very good anime by standard it's not what i normally would watch Mm -hmm. but i was very much invested once i started it so and i think this just shows how cool anime is it doesn't matter if you're into really intense fighting animes or mech animes or like isekai and shonen and like all of those types of stories or if you want the slower ones the philosophical ones ones that take their time and paint a picture i'm there's so much out there with anime that i don't know it's just so fun like you could get anything you want out of anime and i think that's something we don't get enough of here in the west it's we rely so much on easy gimmicks and like if we think of cartoons here, it's always slapstick comedy. It's so hard to find those good little gems. And when you do find them, they're so rare. Whereas in Japanese animation, it's a lot easier to find really good gems. Well, the other thing I think why anime is a very big thing is that and why it's taking off with culture. Like people are recognized. I'm knowing guys at my work that are in their 40s and 50s and they still watch anime because Anime is the things you can do in anime. You can't do in real life, right? Like you can just draw what you want your character to do. And no human could pull that off, which is why anime live action adaptions are so bad. Yes, but it's one of those that like when they put the creativity and the possibility behind the story and bring it to life through an anime, like I think that's why like we remember 
fond memories of things that of the show. Like you'll you'll someone will tell you the title and there's like a scene that just pops up in your head first thing at the mention of that show. And as I said, for the me for Kino, it was the scene with the coffee mug on the exhaust pipe like that was a very calm scene, but it stuck with me when I saw it. So, yeah, one of the scenes that I always remember from Kino's journey is Kino just laying in the grass and watching the birds fly by and Kino's just having a conversation with Hermes and it's it's just comforting. You know, Uh, another anime we like that's similar to this is called Laid Back Camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just it's slice of life and it tells a story and you're just enjoying things for what they are and we just don't get enough of that in our world we don't just sit back and enjoy the beauty of the place that we're in and kino's journey reminds us to do that mm-hmm. so so it's like very much exact opposites for oh, yeah. our number one uh you've it got couldn't be more opposite yeah, you've got the laid back and like my anime does have laid back, but it's got like a big dose of violence thrown <laughs> in there, too. But uh, as I said, both great picks, uh, both that, you know, now that I've watched to this day, I can get behind either one. Like uh, Kino was one of those. I thought it was hit or miss the first time I saw it, mm-hmm. but as you watched it, like you take, uh, what is it that I'm trying to say? You take appreciation in the simplicity, like of the story. Like there's parts of the story that are very like, uh, high adrenaline moments, but there's also like the laid back moments that you take, like you can kind of like you breathe along with Kino. Like I can take a breather and like, I appreciated like the up and down essentially. Yeah. It wasn't just like one roller coaster ride constantly going up. It's, it's a journey. So, and then like mine, it's like there's Oof. a, there's climaxes. Then there's like, you know, subtle moments, but there's still like climaxes within those subtle moments. But um, as I said, two very opposite, but two very good animes in my opinion. So what do you guys think? Did you enjoy this top 10 anime? What is your favorite anime? What did we not talk about that you wish we had? Leave us uh, what your picks are down in the comments below. And don't forget to like and subscribe to Hawkhound Media for more great content like this. Thanks for joining me today, Josh. Not a problem. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Look forward to seeing you guys later this week. See you guys then. Don't get the break, the walls. Don't have to fake. Yellow, you're the cool, you're low, you prove the wrong.